Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. In this episode of the Sports Jersey Dispatch, we look back about some 20 to 30, 40 years ago even, at some great uniforms of the Nets and the Bullets in NBA uh, with Dana Auguster, who brings a great take. Uh, We have Dana and some history on the Wizards and Nets franchises coming up in just a moment. My name's Darren Hayes, and I know you've heard me on the Pigskin Dispatch talking about football history for years. Well, now I'm on a new mission, a quest to find sports history in other sports as well as football by learning through the jerseys and the apparel and the gear that the players wore and the franchises supplied their teams. It's an educational trip, and I'm taking you with me day by day, player by player, uniform by uniform, the Sports Jersey Dispatch. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my sports history friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. And welcome once again to our program where we go through the sports of uh, different eras and different teams and players through the uniforms and the jersey numbers that they wear. And it's my quest to learn more about sports history. And sometimes, like this episode, I get the privilege of learning from an expert, um, one of my friends, Dana Auguster, who has the Historically Speaking Sports Podcast, uh, a very good and entertaining and informative podcast you can find on Sports History Network. Uh, He has sent in a great take on some great basketball from the NBA and the great uniforms of some teams that he really enjoyed to look at. And I also enjoyed, uh, he brought back some great memories and I think it will for you too. So here's Dana on his take. Hello once again, Darren, and thank you for having me on. I'm Dana Auguster, and I am the host of the Historically Speaking Sports Podcast, which you can listen to right here on the Sports History Network. And um, we're going to be talking about two uniforms from back in the day that I have grown to love over the years. Now, this year, the NBA is celebrating its 75th season. And on this segment on celebrating some of the best uniforms ever in sports, I've decided to illustrate two uniforms that are both iconic for not only their franchises, but also the decade that saw incredible growth in pro basketball. In the decade of the 1970s, sports fans had their choice of two pro basketball leagues to watch, and each brought to the table several iconic players and teams into the American consciousness. Now on one hand was the more established NBA, which had more viewers and more importantly money to operate with. And during that decade, one team was a power for the good part of that decade. The Baltimore Bullets, who later became the Washington Bullets, were an Eastern Conference juggernaut that featured Hall of Famers Wes Unseld and Elvin Hayes. But the trademark of that team was not only the play of their powerful front line, it was also their legendary uniforms that they wore during three trips to the NBA Finals during the decade. They had won the Eastern Conference in 1975 and in 1979 and won their lone 
NBA title in 1978 over the Seattle Supersonics in seven games. Meanwhile, the NBA was competing with the new American Basketball Association, and thanks to the merger between the two leagues in 1976, four teams would join the more established NBA. Those, of course, were the Indiana Pacers, the Denver Nuggets, San Antonio Spurs, and the second team that I will be highlighting, the New York Nets, that featured the electrifying Julius Irving, who led the Nets to their last, to the last ABA championship in 1976 over Denver. Both uniforms were very similar to each other, with each having a red, white, and blue color scheme. The Bullets, who faced the Milwaukee Bucks in 1971 finals while based in Baltimore, had moved to Landover, Maryland by the 1973 season and into the new Capital Center where they were renamed the Capital Bullets. After that one season, the Bullets would drop the Capital part of their name and be simply the Washington Bullets. In 1974, the Bullets would unveil a uniform that would be, be iconic for the decade in the NBA of the 1970s. The home uniform had a red and white horizontal stripes and the player name and number in blue. Another cool aspect of the uniform was the team name Bullets that was actually in lowercase and the two L's in Bullets were a pair of arms reaching for a basketball that was placed over the name and representing a rebound or a shot. Now the shorts were also white but featured a single blue tuxedo stripe down the side and three stars on each side of the stripe on both sides of the shorts. The road uniform had the same red and white stripes on the jersey but the bottom portion of the jersey was blue with the number in red and the player's name in white. The shorts were blue with the white stripe and the, and the white stars. With the team based in Washington DC and with it being right around the time of the bicentennial, these uniforms were, the, were appropriate for both the time and the city. And this Bullets team were one of the first teams that I remember watching in the late 70s with the likes of Unseld, Hayes, as well as Bob Dandridge, Bill, Phil Chenier, and Kevin Porter. Meanwhile, there were the New York Nets of the ABA, which was the glamour team of the ABA. The ABA, still known to this day as a league that brought the three-point shot as well as the famous and, and wildly successful red, white, and blue basketball. But it also gave us a run-and-gun style of basketball that was unknown to the rival NBA, a league that was known by ABAers as the Brown Ball League. The ABA's ABA star and future NBA Hall of Famer George Gervin once said of the league, if you shoot 100 times, then we're going to shoot 130. The team that both embodied the league and its, and its high-flying, electrifying attitude and his overall coolness was the team that played on Long Island, the New York Nets. Led by the iconic Julius Irving, also known as Dr. J, the Nets were not only the best team in the ABA in its final years, but it symbolized the league in a way that no team in the rival NBA could have. The uniform set it apart, with vertical stripes going along one side of the uniform and three stars on the jersey and the shorts. The home white uniforms had the team name and player number in red while having a bold blue stripe between two red stripes that ran down the left side of the jersey and three stars on the blue inside the blue stripe on both the jersey and the shorts. And those, and those uniforms matched each other perfectly. The road uniforms followed the same design the uniform, with the home uniform mostly in blue and the team name and player in white. 
The two stripes along the side were red with the three stars on both jersey and the shorts. Not only the Nets looked good, they played good, winning the last ABA championship in 1976 in a thrilling seven-game series with the Denver Nuggets and against a man known as the Skywalker, David Thompson. The Nets, led by Hugh Irving as well as Super John Williamson and others, ended the ABA's history with flair and a certain kind of cool that is synonymous with the team and its best player. Thank you guys for listening to my recollections of my favorite NBA and ABA jerseys from back in the day. And don't forget to check out my podcast, Historically Speaking Sports, where we dive into the best of sports history right here on the Sports History Network. Darren, back to you, my friend. Thanks, Dana. That was a great uh, description of these great uniforms and very colorful uniforms of the Nets and the, the Bullets back in the day. And, you know, you really inspired me to learn more about the Washington Wizards history and the Brooklyn Nets history. So I went back and did a little research to add on to what Dana commented on. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that prior to the mid-1990s that the Washington Wizards went by another name in NBA circles, and that is the Bullets. Now, the name changed around 1995 when the franchise owner, Abe Paulin, renamed his team's moniker to the Wizards because of the violent overtones of the word bullet. And a lot of the young people that around the area that were passing away because of the high crime rates in the Washington, D.C. area. Now, as my friend Dana Auguster so eloquently points out in the podcast uh, we just listened to on the Nets in the Bullets uniforms of the 1970s and 1980s, the Washington Bullets were known as the Capital Bullets when they first moved from Baltimore, Maryland, right before the 1973-74 season, per the NBA website history of the Wizards. Now, the name Baltimore Bullets has an interesting bit of history to it as well. You see, the franchise moved to Baltimore from Chicago. And we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, and according to a 2010 article on the website DC Sports Blog, the Baltimore Sun in 1944's article said this about the name choice, which was in honor of a fledgling basketball organization franchise of the American League squad in the city. It said that the club will be known as the Bullets, which hoped to be significant of their explosive talents and speed in humbling the opposition. President Stan Barron announced that the team's colors will be maroon and gold in which they will don white jerseys with maroon numbers and gold pants for home appearances. The maroon jerseys and white numerals on the road. Now that was from the Baltimore Sun 1944 of that American League squad. Uh, Not anything to do with the Wizards or the uh, Washington Bullets or the new Baltimore Bullets, only in name only. So the American League and its franchise of the Bullets faded into obscurity. And in 1961, though a new team in a different pro hoops league, the Chicago Packers was created. The Packers, probably because a Packer cannot truly be endeared by the Windy City due to the gridiron renderings, uh, which are obvious, they moved themselves to Maryland in the early 1960s. So it was a legacy of the Packers to the Bullets to the eventual Wizards path that this NBA franchise has traveled through three different cities. And now for the other team that Dana speaks of, who are today known as the Brooklyn Nets. They also have an interesting path to the name on their uniforms. The franchise started out, as Dana said, being called the New York Nets in 1967 in the American Basketball Association, or ABA. 
The original owner, Arthur J. Brown, a trucking magnate, ran some other teams of AAU hoops around the Big Apple, and they called themselves by the moniker, the Americans. Now, Brown figured he could play as the New York Americans in the new ABA, but the NBA's franchise, the New York Knickerbockers, the Knicks, already well-established at that time in the city, persuaded venues around town not to allow Brown's club uh, from the new rival league to play in their town. The trucking magnet then had to find a home court somewhere other, and the T-Neck Armory in nearby T-Neck, New Jersey was a willing site to sign the club. That first year, the team was known as the New Jersey Americans, even though they were technically the New York Americans on the books of the ABA. The Americans played well enough for a chance at a home title game with the Kentucky Colonels uh, from another part of the league, but unfortunately, the T-Neck Armory was booked for that night. The game went on as planned, but the venue was out on Long Island for the contest. And when the teams arrived at the court, they found that there was inadequate padding and even missing floorboards, which forced ABA commissioner at the time, former legendary basketball player of the Minnesota Lakers, George Mikan, to rule the court unplayable and resulted in the Americans forfeiting the game. The next season proved to be just as troublesome to find a home court suitable to play in, but finally the franchise landed in another court on Long Island and became known as the New York Nets. And why the Nets name, you may ask? Well, Wikipedia has an interesting blurb that states what the name was chosen because the name Nets was used because it rhymes with the names of the two other professional sports teams that played in New York metropolitan area at the time. Major League Baseball's New York Mets and the American Football League's New York Jets. And because it relates to basketball in general, it was part of the basket. You know, the Nets was a pretty good name to choose. Kind of cool name too. In 1976, after some banner seasons and star players that Dana alluded to, the team relocated back to their former home state as the New Jersey Nets. In 2012, the team moved again in the Prospects Heights region uh, in one of New York City's boroughs to become the Brooklyn Nets as we know them today. And that's a history of those two fine franchises that Dana Auguster so eloquently spoke of uh, earlier in the podcast about their great uniforms of probably three or four decades ago. And uh, just some made me really get intrigued and want to learn more about these two teams. I thought it would be appropriate to put that little bit of history with Dana's great take that he has on those great uniforms. And, uh, you know, find Dana on his podcast, you know, uh, everywhere you have podcasts, you know, Historically Speaking Sports, Dana Auguster's name, also on the Sports History Network, as well as, uh, you know, I think we have up to 27 different podcasts on Sports History Network right now. Really big thank you to Dana Auguster. Also, uh, some great uh, things we got from the basketballreference.com, the nba.com website, stathead.com, and newspapers.com, as well as the links of the Baltimore Sun and the uh, the DC Hoops uh, blog post that uh, we used up above earlier in the web- this uh, podcast. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this, and we hope you'll join us back next time for some more great sports history through the uniforms that the competitors wore on the Sports Jersey Dispatch. We're dribbling around and see the shot clock's almost out, so we got to put up our shot and come back tomorrow for some more great sports history.
We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.